Hey everybody, welcome to Kern Talks, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church's podcast, where we revisit the message from this week's church service. I'm Chris DeCue, the worship leader and producer at Kern Church. We know you're busy and maybe don't have time to watch the video for a whole service. Well, we got you covered with Kern Talks. With that said, let's hear Pastor Donna Hester's message from Sunday, October 10th. What must I do? Good morning, I'm Donna Hester, pastor at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. And wherever you are, I want to welcome you to worship this morning as we join together to praise God and celebrate our risen Lord. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. It is not what we do that saves us. It is the mercy and grace of God poured out in love. The first shall be last, for God's love turns our expectations upside down. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. As Jesus continued down the road, a man ran up, knelt before him, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus replied, Why do you call me good? No one is good except the one God. You know the commandments. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't cheat. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he responded, I've kept all of these things since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him carefully and loved him. He said, You are lacking one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But the man was dismayed at this statement and went away saddened because he had many possessions. Looking around, Jesus said to his disciples, It will be very hard for the wealthy to enter God's kingdom. His words startled the disciples, so Jesus told them again, Children, it's difficult to enter God's kingdom. It's easier for a camel to squeeze through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter God's kingdom. They were shocked even more and said to each other, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them carefully and said, it's impossible with human beings, but not with God. All things are possible for God. Peter said to him, 
Look, we've left everything and followed you. Jesus said, I assure you that anyone who has left house, brothers, sisters, mother, father, children, or farms because of me and because of the good news will receive 100 times as much now in this life. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and farms with harassment. And in the coming age, eternal life. But many who are first will be last. And many who are last will be first. This is the word of God. For us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. What must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus is met by this man on the road and asks this question. And truthfully, it's a question that we may ask over and over again as well. What must I do? to obtain eternal life. Jesus replied to this man by talking about the commandments. Knowing the commandments. And the reply from the man was, I've kept them all since I was a boy. So Jesus looks at him. Jesus loves him. And Jesus replies, You are lacking one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. lacking one thing, one thing for eternal life, one thing to obtain eternal life. And he's shocked by the statement. He's shocked by being told to go and sell all that he has, to give it to the poor, to come and follow Jesus. And so with a saddened face and probably a hanging head, the man walks away. The story tells us that he walks away because he had many possessions. The disciples watching all of this have their own questions now. Questions that probably weren't said real loud to Jesus, but questions that they mumbled amongst each other, wondering what will, what, how do you obtain? eternal life, because it was thought that those with riches, 
they were closer to the kingdom of God. Their thought was, this man probably had it made. But now they have witnessed something else. And they wonder. They wonder who can obtain eternal life. Who can make it into the kingdom? And Jesus has a response for them as well. Jesus tells them that it is difficult. Jesus tells them in more than one way that it is difficult. And then Peter, hearing all of this, realizes that they have left everything. They have left everything to follow Jesus. As we look at this scripture today, I think there are a lot of pieces that from other places in Mark, from what comes before and what will come later, that really help us. Help us maybe more than the Scripture as it just makes the comment that the man had lots of possessions. Because truthfully, it didn't matter how many possessions he had. It didn't matter whether he had a lot of possessions and the disciples didn't. The difference between that man and Peter and the others has to do with their response. Their response to the call of Jesus to come and follow me. The disciples in Mark. We have a short story of how Jesus called the disciples in the Gospel of Mark. And we're told simply that Jesus passed along the Galilee Sea. He saw two brothers, Simon and Andrew, throwing fishing nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said, come and follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. Come and follow me. And they put down their nets, dropped their nets where they were, and followed Jesus. Similarly, as they walked a little further, they saw James and John, Zebedee's sons. And Jesus offered the same words to them. Come and follow me. And they were, as they were called, they too dropped their nets, but they also walked away from their father and the hired workers. And they followed Jesus. 
Come and follow me. Those are the important words that Jesus tells to this man. Come and follow me. He gave him a task to do before he followed. But he still used the same words. Come, follow me. And there were moments throughout the disciples' time with Jesus that while they were with Jesus, while they had dropped everything to follow, there were those moments that they too had difficulties. Like when Jesus first talked to them about what was going to happen in Jerusalem. That the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and the legal experts and be killed, and then after three days rise from the dead. And at that moment, Peter scolded Jesus, saying, no, that can't happen. That's not the way it will be. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking God's thoughts but human thoughts. At that moment, while, Jesus, while Peter is still following Jesus, while Peter has responded to those words, come, follow me, Peter lacks one thing. Peter lacks an understanding of what is going to happen. Peter lacks the understanding that all things are possible with God. And it's not too long after that that Jesus, for a second time, tells the disciples what is going to happen in Jerusalem. And after he talks about being killed and rising, the disciples hang back from him. The disciples have a debate over who is the greatest. The disciples want the power to be around them. And again, the disciples lack one thing. They lack an understanding of what is possible with God. And in a few weeks, Jesus meets another expert. And this legal expert again asks a question. And he asks the question, which commandment is the most important of all? Now, today's legal expert asks 
what must I do to obtain eternal life? And Jesus gives him an answer in following the commandments. But this next legal expert that Jesus meets on the road will ask which commandment is the most important. And Jesus will respond. The most important one is Israel, listen. Our God is the one Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You will love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Jesus is asked which commandment is greatest. And Jesus replies with two commandments. Two commandments that really look at all of the commandments and break them down into two categories. Love God and love neighbor. Love God, love neighbor. And this legal expert agrees with Jesus. And Jesus says to him, you aren't far from God's kingdom. Jesus doesn't go on to give him the offer of coming and following him. Maybe Jesus decides that he is already following him. But he's not far from God's kingdom. Jesus offers many different ways in which we are to come and follow. And I think all of these ways in which Jesus has interacted with the disciples, the ways in which Jesus has interacted with legal experts, help us to understand the question today. What must I do? What must I do to obtain eternal life? Jesus' response. You are lacking one thing. Was an individual response to this legal expert. Go sell what you own. And give the money to the poor. So often we hear this response from Jesus. And we respond in our own way. And usually it's, I've already given everything to the poor, Jesus. Or I have nothing to give to the poor. But I don't think that Jesus is telling each and every one of us from that conversation on that the thing we are lacking is the same thing that this 
man was lacking. I think what Jesus is doing as he looks at him carefully and as he loves him is looking at what it is that prevents him from following Jesus. Jesus looks at him. Jesus loves him. And Jesus says, come follow me. But before you come and follow, you're going to have to do this one thing. Because this one thing is what puts a barrier between you and me and you following me. Jesus makes that evaluation of each of us. Jesus looks at us carefully. Jesus loves us. And Jesus offers the words, come follow me. But Jesus also knows what that one thing is that we are lacking. Jesus looks at us, and it might be the same words. You lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give your money to the poor. It might be you lack one thing. Drop your nets. Or more importantly in our day, not drop your nets, but drop your livelihood. Walk away. Come and follow me. Or Jesus might say one thing is lacking. Leave your family behind and come follow me. Jesus knows what it is that stands between us and him and a commitment to follow him. Jesus knows what it is that given as the one thing to do before we come and follow him. Is that one thing that there's a risk. There's a risk that we too will be dismayed. We will be saddened. We will hang our head and walk away. Jesus knows. Jesus cares and loves us and offers us the words, come and follow me. The disciples had their own important question. The question of what, what can make it possible for us to be saved? Who can be saved? And Jesus' response to them 
was that it's impossible for human beings, but not with God. All things are possible for God. What must I do to obtain eternal life? What must I do to follow Jesus? First of all, we have to understand which the disciples from their lives in following and falling away help us to understand that what we need more than anything is to understand that we cannot do this on our own. We cannot always be right there behind Jesus following him. We need the grace of God. Because only with God is it possible to obtain eternal life. We follow Jesus, knowing that God is there to guide us, to direct us, and to pick us up when we fail. What one thing is lacking, probably deep down for each and every one of us, the one thing that is lacking is our trust in God, our following Jesus through the grace of God's love and mercy. Let us remember let us follow and let us seek God in all ways. Let us pray. Jesus, we hear your words today. And if we are still, if we listen intently, when we ask the question, what must I do? You have a response for us. We know that whatever that response is, is what puts a barrier between you and our commitment to you to follow. as difficult as it is, as we hear your response today, we pray for God's grace. We pray for the gift of God's love that we might go forth and we might be your disciples in all times and all places. Amen. Receive now this blessing. With God, all things are possible. May you carry that confidence into your daily life and work as you walk in Christ's footsteps, guided by God's hand. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, 
you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.